Hey, what's up everybody? So, um, out of curiosity, you know, I was looking up stuff on uh, YouTube, you know, just, you know, Looney Tunes related stuff, like with, you know, everybody's favorite Wiley Coyote versus, you know, certain obstacles like gravity, boulders, you know, every fail and all that. And one of the things that came up, believe it or not, was um, basically from Lunatics Unleashed. And it was basically Tech Coyote paying homage to essentially Wiley with the whole falling off the cliff, you know, into the ground uh, trope, a gag, if you will. And it got me to want to look up some lunatics and everything uh, on YouTube, like any moments and stuff. And, you know, lo and behold, I got some moments and everything from some of the, you know, some of the characters. And it got me thinking, you know, not everybody talks about lunatics. And I think I've talked about it prior, you know, a long time ago here on this channel. But nobody's really talked about it, you know, uh, that much. I mean, uh, there are people that do, you know, mention about it and, you know, kind of, you know, do little segments of, hey, remember this, remember that, or WTF, what was this? And, and usually they'll use those segments to talk about obscure uh, shows or shows that have been on but didn't really last as long as uh, you know initially uh, intended to and lunatics is one of those shows that falls into that category you know it it falls into that category uh, I was just organizing something there on my desk there but it falls in that category of you know one of the shows that had you know potential to be good but unfortunately did something that it shouldn't have and that's damaged the reputation of Looney Tunes for the for at least uh, four years, you know, after it, you know, the final season aired, which was the second season. But still today, believe it or not, it has a cult following, and it still gets referenced and acknowledged. In fact, in one of the recent seasons of the uh, new Animaniacs uh, reboot, you know, continuation show uh, on Hulu, you had several characters make you know, appearances there. So it still gets recognized, still gets talked about and all that, you know, um, you know, when needed or when they feel like they want to at least, you know, dig into the obscure lore of, you know, Looney Tunes cartoon uh, uh, treasures that they try to keep, you know, away from the public eye. Now, to me, when I first saw Lunatics Unleashed, when I first heard it being advertised and everything, I was like, oh, this looks really good because, like anybody, I was a fan of Looney Tunes, you know, growing up. I was a fan of them and, and all that. So to... To see this get promoted and talked about, you know, about a year or so prior to its debut, and the fact that it was getting pumped up by, you know, Warner Brothers and those behind it, and you had fans like me, you know, you know, getting excited about it because this was basically, this was basically a different take on Looney Tunes because the premise was this took place in the future, like 2772 um, A.D. And it basically involved a group of descendants of the Looney Tunes themselves, the primary, more popular ones. You know, uh, you know, when it came to the whole Looney Tunes trope, if, you know, the trope, but the whole roster of you. It basically existed at that time of the more popular, well-renowned ones that fans gravitated towards more than anything. That fans enjoyed watching more than anything. And true, they had you know unique characterizations of different Looney Tune characters um, as well. You know, some of them, you know, being looked at as villains and everything. And I remember, though, just hearing about this happening, getting excited about it like everybody else, 
And the day it debuted, um, I watched it just like everyone else did uh, on a Saturday morning on WB. And believe it or not, I was instantly hooked. I mean, all the ha all the hype, I should say, that was behind it, you know, it, it, it not only did it live up to that hype, but, you know, obviously it was enough to warrant a second season. It's like the, the moment they probably tested this with test audiences, you know, the initial season or initial first, first couple of episodes, I, I think WB realized that they had a hit on their hands at that time. So basically they said, okay, let's do more seasons. And we had at least one season afterwards uh, that followed. Now, the uh, premise of um, the premise of, of the show is, like I said, you had this group of descendants of the more popular, well-known uh, Looney Tune characters um, as the lunatics, and they were brought together by this alien woman named Zadavia. And for most of the season, the first season anyway. We only saw her in holographic projections and everything. We never saw her, like, physically in person until the end of the first season in the two-parter, Acme Ginnon. Yeah, that's what, that's what it was called. It was called Acme Ginnon. Acme Ginnon. Kind of Armageddon, but Acme Ginnon. So, we never really saw her until the end and everything. And just like all the other characters, and just like the Looney Tune characters, I should say, or lunatic characters, I should say, at that, at that moment, when she finally revealed herself in person, you know, it was like, holy smokes, you know, this is a, a good-looking character, very unique style and, you know, and everything, design. And it was like, okay, business has picked up, because now she's, you know, she's here in the moment. She's really here in the moment. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, she would play a role, an integral role, more so in the second season, then in the first, basically she was more active with the team in the second season, uh, uh, doing certain you know stories and episodes and everything uh, than the previous season because you know now we get to know who she is. I mean, she was even in person with them when she would basically tell them about what missions uh, they would go on. So yeah, I, so yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed um, this you know this show uh, um, you know on both seasons accounts. Yeah, the second season was more. Um, as people put it, more lighthearted uh, than anything, and showcased a lot more, um, I guess you could say, descendants or different characterizations uh, of Looney Tune characters uh, in the future. Like you had a characterization of Foghorn Leghorn, but he was human. A characterization of, you know, Pepe Le Pew, except, you know, he was human and such. And of course you had a descendant of Sylvester, you know, who's called, I think, Sylvester or something. Uh, then you had Ma Marvin, uh, Marvin Martian descended, uh, Royal Treatums, who was a descendant of Tweety, you know, and so on. You had all these, you know, like different characterizations of, you know, established Looney Tune, Looney Tune characters, um, but, you know, as descendants in the future uh, under different names, of, uh, under different personas. And, like I said, when we got to the second season, because the first season... Pretty much, it had comedy in it. It had some Looney Tune-esque like moments, but not many. It was basically played more straightforward and serious. But as soon as we got to the second season, that's when, it, like I mentioned, it got more lighthearted, more comedic. You know, f basically uh, favored itself more towards you know uh, sh uh, showcasing the Looney, Looney Tune style like of of gags and comedy. Like I mentioned, with the whole. 
Tech Coyote paying homage to Wiley Coyote deal. Um, so yeah, you got um, you got you know so yeah you got more uh, you got the show leaning more towards that and everything. And in my opinion, I know I know people say and I know sources and people say otherwise. Uh, but in my opinion, I think maybe it's because it went in that light ho light light-hearted tone direction, that more Looney Tune uh, favorite direction for season two that it unfortunately didn't get another season because it started to be more comedic, more, you know, more comedic, more uh, light-hearted, more uh, silly at times. And, you know, and, 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 you know and, I, and I believe because of that, it really threw people off because it was so different it was so different from the previous season, which again, like I said, played itself a little bit more serious and a little bit more straight, a little darker at times. You know, so I think that's what kind of, you know, inevitably caused it to lose um, its audience. Because I'm sure when they tested the second season, it's like, okay, we're committed to do this season. We got to put it out there anyway. I'm pretty sure when they saw the test audience's reaction to it, which pretty, pretty much in my opinion... You know, it was probably the same reaction a lot of fans had, a lot of viewers had. And that was, you know, what is this? Why is this more comedic than the previous season? Yeah, I think they pretty much knew that, you know, they weren't going to be able to continue it after that. And it would be a while after uh, Lunatics Unleashed that we'd get, a, we, you know, get a, any other Looney Tunes like, um, I guess you could say programming, um, you know, reboots or anything, you know, afterwards. And it would be up until about... Four years later, I believe, I think four years later, that we would essentially get a reboot, in a sense, with the Looney Tunes show. Because uh, according to a lot of rumors and you know and all that, the the fact that the show, you know, basically had a downfall, you know, in viewership and everything. And again, like I said, my thought is because of the change in tone, um, you know, basically, which caused that to happen, you know. You know, it basically it basically made WB like, okay, maybe we need to halt, maybe you know, keep our distance on the Looney Tunes right now, give them a break, and then come back and revisit them uh, when the time is right. Because I think when they were developing Looney Tunes Unleashed, they had just released in theaters Looney Tunes Back in Action, which is an underrated uh, a live action animated Looney Tunes film uh, with Brendan Fraser in there, the Academy Award winning Brendan Fraser, by the way, as of last night. So. You know, so to me, it was like, because they were, you know, oversaturating the market, I think, with Looney Tunes, and Looney Tunes inspired, like, shows, programs, games, and stuff like that, they decided, okay, let's take a break, and then come back and revisit the Looney Tunes later at the appropriate time, and after Lunatics Unleashed, they took that hiatus for about four years, and the next thing that came out was Looney Tunes, the Looney Tunes show, which proved to be a huge hit, a big, big, big hit, and... You know, the rest pretty much is history. Uh, but to me, when I look at Lunatics Unleashed, I should say, when I take a look at Lunatics Unleashed, I look at a show that, you know, despite its change in tone for the second season, you know, was basically was not really given a true chance to shine. I mean, nowadays, you know, you see a lot of, you know, shows even back in the early to mid-2000s getting retcon, rebooted, you know, brought back for a second, you know, a second chance and everything. And I look at a show like Lunatics Unleashed here, and I'm like, this is a show that really could have, you know, really could, would, really could have, if not still could, what I'm trying to say, uh, benefit 
from a new, you know, from a potential retcon or a reboot or even maybe a continuation because there's a lot of potential in it. And um, again, like I said, I think it's mainly because of the fact that, you know, the tone shifted into a more lighthearted tone that it really threw a lot of fans off because they, because let's be honest, the more serious straight edge, you know, you know well, well, straight edge, straightforward, I should say, the more serious, straightforward, uh, darker tone, you know, more mature tone is what's, is what was really popular, you know, back then and even now when it comes to, like, interpretations like Lunatics Unleashed being a showcase to a lot of folks. So, to me, I think because of that sudden shift, where you saw more of that favoritism, uh, you know, and reliance on the Looney Tune-like slapstick and such, and the more the lightheartedness, I believe, honestly, even with test audiences, you know, it basically, you know, caused this show to fail. I don't think the viewership numbers... Uh, or the rating numbers at the time is the reason. I think it's just the, you know, the criticism of, hey, why did you go this route and not stick with what, what brought it to the dance, what got people excited. So, to me though, uh, in the end, I've o- I'm always going to be a fan of Lunatics Unleashed. I loved, it. I love the unique take on on the Looney Tunes and these being descendants of theirs, essentially, you know, taking place centuries in the future, like seven centuries in the future. You know, I. I enjoyed the I enjoyed that take. I, I liked the stories. I really did. And again, I think it's one of those shows that you know really deserves a second chance. I really do. I think you know under the right circumstances, like now nowadays is the right circumstance in my opinion. I think under the right circumstances and under the right you know people, it could you know a comeback for the show or a retcon of the show could really help out and maybe get people to you know look into this show. And see exactly why, you know, at first, you know, it was a such beloved, you know, hyped up show that people looked forward to when it debuted and enjoyed. And why even after, you know, you know, its dismissal, uh, I think around 2007, why some people now view it as a cult classic and an underrated cult classic, in my opinion. But really, I think I think it does deserve a second opportunity and hopefully those at Warner Brothers Discovery you know, um, look at it, look at, you know, Lunatics Unleashed, those at the Looney Tunes division, Warner Brothers Cartoon division, um, hopefully they look at the property of Lunatics Unleashed and be like, hey, let's give that a second chance, but let's correct, let's correct course from what happened previously and stick with what brought it to the dance, what got people excited initially when it first came out. But let me know what your thoughts are, guys. What were your thoughts on Lunatics Unleashed when you first heard it was going to be a, a series back in the early to mid-2000s? How did you feel about it? You know, what were your thoughts on the first season, you know, compared to the second season? Do you think the second season taking on that lighter tone is what caused it to fail? What are your thoughts? Let me know down below in the comment section as well as in the live chat during the premiere. Like the video. You will get an audio podcast version of this at BW Rosas Discussions, all your favorite audio podcast locations, except for Pandora. You will also get, uh, you will not get, but you can also support me at patreon.com slash bwrosas at the $1, $3 tier. Also support me at Venmo at brian walmer 2 That's brian walmer 2 Also at Cash App at bwrosas98. Also support me at Vimo at bwrosas for content you can't get anywhere else, especially here on YouTube, and especially with some of the content I just uploaded recently. 
And also, check me out at divanart.com, that's BVW1979, and click on the upper left-hand corner here at the end screen to check out my Teespring store for merchandise you can't get anywhere else. But guys, let me know what your thoughts are on Lunatics Unleashed. East, what were you, how did you feel about it when you first saw it? Do you, do you think it gets a bad rap? And do you think it should get a second chance, you know, as a retconned, you know, as a retconned series, you know, a continuation, you know, give me your thoughts. Let me know down below and in the live chat. And until next time, I am out.